Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Masechet's Gittin Daf Petas. Or Hashem, we're just a couple of blot away. We will be um, learning tomorrow night on time here in person. Um, and we'll just do the same the next night just for convenience. Um, I guess we'll do some sandwich club. I don't know. People will pay in. I'll order some food. Inshallah. All right. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. It sounds good. It sounds I mean, good. It's great. I'll but figure it out. I haven't figured it out yet. Post I'll post something. Right That's right. The right time was a couple of days ago, but I'm uh, I'm busy. All right. We're at the mission on the bottom of Pechesimid Bays. And one of the things that, uh, unfortunately, communities at times struggle with is talking about other people. So what happens if there are rumors as it relates to the halachic status of a woman's marriage? Says the Mishnah at the bottom of Pei Chesim at Beis, 10 lines from the bottom of the new Mishnah. If people walk around saying she must be married, I heard a rumor that she got married. So then we halachically assume she's married. The Mainaf Kamina. Well, if she's already mikudeshes to one person, then she can't be mikudeshes to another person. What if the rumor is mikudeshes? Then, then we would say, harezu mikudeshes, and therefore she can't marry another Kohen, whatever the case may be. Ubilvad, this is only true, shelo yehesham amasla. It's only true as long as there isn't a uh, an excuse factor, uh, a mitigating factor, as uh, some of the books talk about it. But if there is a mitigating factor, then we would not assume these rumors to be true. And the Mishnah goes straight into defining what these mitigating factors might look like. And says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom, Ezohi Amasla, what is an example of a mitigating factor? Giresh es ploni es ishto, eltenai. The rumor was Giresh es ploni es, uh, Giresh ish ploni es ishto, and the Amasla was eltenai. But perhaps the tenai was never fulfilled. So when we hear a rumor, and the rumor um, has an amasla built in, we no longer can trust the rumor because the other option is just as likely. It could just be that the tanai was not fulfilled. Not every condition is fulfilled. Or another example, Zarak la Kiddusheha was the rumor. I saw that the uh, the Kiddushin, that, that the, that the was given to her, but here's the amasla, Safek Karovla, Safek Karovlo, Zohi Amasla, that when the rumor is coupled together with that which potentially breaks the rumor. So then the rumor is no longer valid. We will soon see, and I don't want there to be any misnomers about it, that when we are talking about rumors that we hear in this Mishnah, we're not talking about rumors that we talk about at uh, in Lashon Hara sessions. Right? We're talking about rumors that are formal. They've gone to Bezdin, and Bezdin has said, yes, this is a real rumor. We'll see this on the Ahmed Aleph. But I just wanted to just be clear that if from now and here on out, you don't hear another word that I say, that's fine, by the way. But if you if you don't, then please remember this. These are not regular rumors. These are Bezdin-sanctioned rumors. These are big shilas and halacha. What happens if you go to a rav and you have to disclose things that might be lush and horror rumors? These are big shilas and halacha, and it's, a, it's incumbent upon the listener. It's an act of chesed to listen, but it's incumbent upon the listener to not believe what you're hearing, which is very, very difficult. So if somebody says to you, I need to confide in you about something that happened. So we have to be, is it Lashon Hara? And they'll say, yes, it's Lashon Hara. Is it Letoelis? Yes, it's Letoelis. Okay, but am I able to not believe it? That's a big problem. It's a big problem because that could be Lashon Again, Letoelis helps, but I gotta, it's not so possible. Okay. 
Says the Gemara, I don't understand something. Just because of the rumor, let's say, for example, the rumor of Megureshes, therefore the Gemara opens, we're going to say that she's now forbidden to marry a Kohen, as Rashi highlights over here. The Gemara says, how can that be? That whenever we have a rumor that's after a woman is already married, we don't typically take that into consideration. So the beginning of our Mishnah framed out a case of Megureshes where the rumor was that she was divorced. Why is it that just because there is this rumor that we all of a sudden believe that the rumor, we had already said, uh, we, we've said it earlier, and we're going to say it again, that if there's a call, if there's a rumor, Basar Nisuin, after they're married, then lo chayshinalein. So how does our Mishnah shtim with the language, I should say the other way, how does Ravashi's rule shtim with our Mishnah? And the Gemara responds to lines from the bottom, hachikamar, what are we talking about? We're talking about, in our Mishnah, cases that are slightly different than they appear. If her name was was part of the rumor in town that she's Mikudeshes, then Harezim Mikudeshes. But the second case is different. If it's Mikudeshes Umigureshes, she has a rumor going around about her that she got engaged and she got divorced. That's the case of Harezim Mikudeshes. My taima. Why is that? Because Kol Vishovro Imo. Because the rumor and that which undoes the rumor is together. But in fact, it's correct that what our Mishnah said, what appears to be what our Mishnah says of Megureshes, Harezim Megureshes, is really not true. It's only if it's Mekudeshes or Megureshes, that's when they are considered to actually be divorced. Omar Rava, Rava says on Petesimad Aleph on the second line, Yatsalam Shem Mizana Beir, if a woman earns a name for herself that she's Mizana, that she's slept with someone outside of the appropriate halachic terms, Ein Choshishinla. We actually don't believe such a rumor. Why? My taima says the Gemara, that maybe it's just Stam Pritzus. Maybe she wasn't dressed appropriately. We're going to see some examples now in the Gemara that if we were to take to the streets, my gosh, there would be a total rebellion. So I'm just saying, you know, a trigger warning for those of you who are supportive of these things. Uh, the Gemara says that it's just because of Pritzus. It says the Gemara, actually, this is actually considered a machlok as tanoin. And says the Gemara that if a woman does any of the following three things, she has to get divorced. If she ate in the marketplace. If she extended her neck uh, to try and make herself attractive. If she nursed her baby in the shuk. Wow. <laughs> That's considered a level of Pritzus. Ad that it's a remez liznus. That's crazy town. I can tell you as a moel, people are not makbed on the nursing thing. But if they were, then right after I do their son's bris and I walk in them and they say, oh, do you mind if I nurse? Those are the polite mothers. So then I know to turn around or walk out, whatever the case. By the way, you have to get divorced now, according to Rav Meir, because you're stickle prutza, you must have been a mazana. Oh my gosh, that's profitable, no? You're there anyways. All right, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Now that is the shita, Rav Meir. Rabbi Akiva, uh, not, it's not happening. No way, Rabbi Akiva. Omer, no. Only when this level of dialogue reaches the people in the community who are mozaros bilavana, really the people who talk about things a lot, it's kind of like the people who really know what's going on, um, that's only when uh, the rumors have peaked. But just hearing that a woman nursed in public or hearing that a woman ate in public or that she was girgir rabashuk, she extended her neck in some way, that is not considered to be problematic. Pay testament, I'll have seven lines down. Amr Lord of Yochanan ben Nuri, forget both of you. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, 
argues with Rav Meir and argues with Rav Akiva and says, Im Kain, if in fact that all that's needed to ruin a marriage is a rumor, if what you're saying is that it's so easy to get a woman into a scenario of divorce where you just create a really good rumor, according to a mayor, you don't even have to work that hard. All she has to do is eat lunch in a public space or nurse a baby. And according to Rabbi Akiva, you have to work a little bit harder because he says, uh, okay, it has to be like the top of the food chain type of gossip. But Rabbi Yochanan Manuri says, this is not normal. This is not normal because then you can force a divorce with one really good smear campaign. Whole thing is over. And says the says Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. And not only that, I'm going to give you a very halachic reason as to why this does not work. Says the Gemara. We see the word davar in regards to a finding a woman who has done something uh, promiscuous and inappropriate. This week's parsha. Yakum davar malahalan davar baror. Afkan, Davar Barur. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri is not willing to say that a woman can get divorced based on these rumors. It has to be the standard of Barur. The Chorah, he is t- saying that is Midor Raisa. He's trying to say that the rumors do not hold weight until there's proper edus. That's what seems to be. You see a woman nursing in public, that's not what we're talking about, says Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. You want to even talk like Rabbi Akiva? Ah, you're saying that the rumor was fantastic, a great Instagram post. Now everybody thinks that she's a prutza, whatever the case may be. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri says, no, not until it's a Dover Barr. You cannot create a scenario of Tetze until it's a Dover Barr. Now the Gemara, a quarter of the way down, a fifth of the way down, goes through a laundry list of things where the rumors don't matter. If there's a rumor that a woman is no longer a basula and she has now slept with someone, there's no concern about that. Nesua, to say that a woman is in fact married, which is different than our Mishnah. Our Mishnah had said Mekudeshes, that was only engagement, here it's Nesua. This is a little difficult with our Mishnah, we have to figure out how that, how that in fact works out. Um, Rashi says, if you look in Rashi, he answers this question. How can it be that Arusa over here is Ein Choshishin? Yet the case of Kiddushin in our Mishnah is, uh, it works. So says the Gemara, Ein Choshishin La. Rashi, excuse me, Rashi 12, 20 lines down. It's different. The rumor over there was today, and the Arusa was from a while ago. What about Shalola Ploni? There's a rumor that she got engaged, but they didn't mention the boy's name. Ein Choshashin La. Acheres, if it's in another city, Ein Choshashin La. Mamzeres, Ein Choshashin La. Shifcha, Ein Choshashin La. Hektish Ploni Benachasa, Hiktish Ploni Benachasa, that a man would have sanctified all of his properties. We don't believe that either. Or Hifkir Ploni Nechasa, or if he was Mafkir, all of them, Ein Choshashin La. All of these cases are not considered the kinds of rumors that we would be concerned about. Amar Ula. Ula says, Lo kol havara. We're not just talking about someone who hears echoes. We're not just talking about some literally echoes. Kol havara. This comes up in Hilchos Shofar. This year, the first day of Rosh Hashanah is on Shabbat, so we're losing out on the Doraisa of uh, Shofar. Anyways, the Gemara says that the kol havara, the uh, echoes of a rumor, that's not what we're talking about. Ella, we're talking about, uh, let's say, the rumor of getting engaged. Kidei, Sheyuhu Neros Dolkos, they looked into the house, they saw that the lights were lit. Umitos Mutsos, the, the tables made nicely, the couches are all made nicely. And people are looking, they're like, oh, it must be a vort. And then on top of that, when they say, then she's considered to be married. 
The problem is that Miskadeshes is actually, as Rashi points out, a future word. She will become Mikudeshes. So the Gemara says, what do you mean Miskadeshes? You're saying she will be Miskadeshes, but she's not Miskadeshes right now. So says the Gemara, Ema, you're right, Plonis Niskacha, not Mikudeshes, but Niskacha, past tense, but she in fact got engaged today. V'chein Tana Levi, in a very similar way, a little bit more than a third of the way down, Levi said, Lo kol havara. We're not talking about what people say around the Shabbos table, Rachman Litzlan, or any other place where we're, where we're like kind of chit-chatting and saying, uh, saying rumors. Ella, how do we determine when a rumor is actually valid? So the Gemara says, We see that the candles are lit. We see that the beds are made and the couches have their spreads on them. Women are preparing things with their hands in front of the candles. And there's a lot of happiness. And then the Omros, that's when we believe it. We must look at the context of the rumors. If we hear a rumor that has no context, doesn't count. Even in our Mishnah, it wouldn't count. There needs to be some context. Asks the Gemara on this brisa from Levi, which is very similar to the previous brisa from Ula, why did you say the language of Mishkadesh, which is a future word? Perhaps something will happen. The Chassan or Kala will change their mind and they won't get engaged. So says the Gemara, Amara Papa, Ema, you're right. Plonis niskacha, and we should change the language. And similarly, for the third time, Amar Rabba Barbachan, Amar Rav Yochanan, Lo Shashamu Kol Havara. When we say in our Mishnah that a woman had a rumor about her that she's Mikudesh, that we believe her. So says the Gemara, we don't believe just any Stam rumor. We need context. Same exact thing. It has to look like a house where there's a vort going on. We've all been to the vort places. We should look like that. Amru Davar. Oh, this part's a hard part of the Gemara. The Gemara says, Amru Davar, then Zehu If there was something that was said... So then Zehu called this is the rumor. Lo Amru Davar, but if there was something that wasn't said, Zehu Amasla. It's very odd. <laughs> it seems to be saying that if you say nothing, that's an Amasla. So the Gemara calls this out. What do you mean? Lo Amru, if in fact they didn't say anything, how could that be an Amasla? You were silent. We're two-thirds of the way down almost. Lo Amru, lo Klum. I don't understand what you're saying. How could Lo Amru be an Amasla? So says the Gemara, this is la'afukemi de Rabba Barav Huna. We're excluding a shita of Rabba Barav Huna. To Amar, he says, Amasla sha'amru afilu mikan yud yamim. That when a person says that there's an Amasla, the Gemara says that that Amasla can show up even te- 10 days later. Kamash malan, that lo amru, if they didn't say something concrete, that's when it is hu dehavya Amasla. When the comment that was made initially, when the rumor was vague, that's when we are able to insert the amasla, which could ruin the rumor. But ha'amru, if you would have said something with clarity that was concrete, then lo havya amasla. And for the fourth time, says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Abba, Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rav, lo shashamu kol havara. We don't care about, uh, you know, people just chit-chatting. shama. We have to find out. Where did you hear the story from? Miploni, oh, I heard it from this guy I ate at the Karish's house, and Phil told me. Uploni, Miploni, and I heard it from Gerald. I was schmoozing with him in Shul, and Gerald heard it from my dad. My dad heard it from Robert. And when there's always, okay, so it says the Gemara, the rumor has been verified. It's been vetted. We know that it actually happened. That's when it counts. Says the Gemara, if it's Dabar Habarur, then it's not a rumor. That's Edus Ma'al Yosahi. That's testimony. Right? That's very different. If I say a rumor, but I can back up the rumor, 
It's not a rumor. It's a fact. If I say that someone's engaged and I can say to them, I'm a witness to it. I was one of the Eide Kedushin, whatever the case may be. That's no longer a rumor. So halachically speaking, a rumor is only a rumor in as much as it threads the needle. It has to be on the one hand, not something random. It needs context. But at the same time, it's not a mathematical, empirical fact that it actually took place. So that whole world that we're living in right now, of when do these rumors actually count, is only the threading the needle type of rumors, where it's not completely beyond reproach, but there is a lot of context that indicates that the rumor is real. This is one of the beautiful parts of halacha, that when we are discussing a sugya, we could cut a little box as to what the sugya is that we're talking about, and that is exactly what's happening here in the Gemara right now. We're trying to figure out what is considered a rumor that we believe and what is considered a rumor that is not. So therefore, we reject this approach of Rav Abba in the name of Rav Huna Amar Rav, because he seems to say that it's a Davar Habar, but a Davar Habar is not a rumor. That's Edus Ma'al Yasahi. So says the Gemara, Elaki Asa Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda Amar Rabbi Abba Amar Rav Huna Amar Rav. He said, Lo Shashamu Kol Havara. How do we define this rumor that we're talking about? So says the Gemara, El Kadesh Yom Ruploni Mehechan Shama. Hey, Phil, where did you hear this from? Miploni. I heard it from Gerald. Uploni Miploni. Gerald heard it from David. But the person that David heard it from is out of town. So I do have some people behind me who are saying the same things that I am. However, the actual source of the rumor is no longer in town. So now it's past the threshold of significant rumor, but it's not beyond reproach because the actual Mare Makom, who is the Vadai guy, he's not available. Things change in the cell phone culture. You can make phone calls. Things get more complicated in the AI culture because you can morph voices, right? So there's a lot that's going to be happening in the next 15 years in the halachic realm that we are just we're not yet ready for. And we're going to have to write full svarim on AI and all the other things. So what do we do? Well, how do we define empirical evidence in, in halachic terms? What about DNA? I heard a rumor that this baby belongs to somebody else. Just yesterday, I had a phone call from someone. This is the first time I've done this uh, really as strongly as I did. I was very proud of myself. This father texted me. I had just uh, had a baby. Um, we're, we're already, we're doing the circumcision elsewhere. We just want you to do a baby naming. So I made, I, before I called the guy back, I said, if this baby is a goy, I refuse. I'm not doing it. So I called the guy, the father. He's, yeah, my name is Shalom Yaakov, whatever his name is. He's a Jewish guy. And the kala is a straight up, straight up shiksa, like no complications, just pure shiksa, 100%. No problem. So I dug in. So I said, um, unfortunately, I won't be able to help you, but I did want to explain why I'm not able to help you. I said, I want you to know that I teach a Talmud class. And in the Talmud class, we learned that the relationship between a father and a son, technically speaking, is referred to as a legal assumption, chazaka. And I, I dropped the word chazaka on the call. He said it, it's an assumption because as we know, biologically, it's possible that a woman can sleep with two men, conceive from one, and everybody thinks it belongs to husband A, but it's really husband B. How do you know for sure when a baby belongs to someone? And I left a gentle pause and he said, when the mother has the baby, I'm like, huh. You said it. <laughs> I, I didn't say it. And I said, unfortunately, I can't help you because we follow the, the maternal line exclusively. <laughs> He's like, wow, so interesting. Thank you for telling me. I'm like, Phew. <laughs> so complicated. <laughs> Anyways, I don't even know how we got to this. Okay. So it says the Gemara on the first of the very long lines on Pei Let's continue. 
right, we've established our rumors. We've threaded the needle. We know what our mission is talking about. We're above a certain threshold of integrity, but we're not beyond reproach. Fine. Says the Gemara, what if we find out afterwards that the rumor was in fact not true? Do we undo? Does Bezdin put up a sign uh, around Yerushalayim to say, oh, yeah, it's not what we said was true is not true. Taka, we found out, we verified. The guy came back from Adina Sayyam, whatever. So Amar Lei, Rav Yosef, <coughs> Rav Yosef responds, <coughs> sorry, Abaye, is, no, Rav Yosef responds to Abaye. He says, Ad, oh, I swear, oh, there you go, that's why I'm confused. Amar Lei, Mida Amar, until we hear from someone who's kosher, in other words, until we verify, what does that imply? That we do, in fact, we are, in fact, says the Gemara, I could argue the opposite. Even though we would accept the chatter, as it were, of women, that, that it is valid, so that we accept anything and we don't undo the call. So Amarle, who it really depends on where you live. That's what Rashi says by Asravsa, 10 lines from the bottom. This is split based on where you live. Back in the Gemara, eight lines from the bottom. In Surah, they agreed that if a call was found to be wrong, that they would announce it in Shul. We had in it previously said that so-and-so is Megureshes. She is, in fact, not Megureshes. They'd correct it. But if they were in Naharda, then they would not be Mavatam. Couple of stories. There was a rumor that had gone out that a bar rab, that a Talmud Chacham, a guy in yeshiva sitting in Kola, freezer opened, he got engaged, that he got engaged to some girl. But it was a rumor. So Asi Rav Chama Le'avua, Chama went to his father and Omar Le'i said to him, Emali, Hechi Hava Uvda. What exactly was the case of this Kolalite, this young, this young man, younger man who got engaged? So says the Gemara, Malay, Al Tanai Kaddish, and Adaita Delo Azil Lebechuzai Veazal. He got engaged on a Tanai, and the Tanai was that the person would not go to Bechuzai, wouldn't go to this location, and Veazal, and he went. So Amar Lay, this what happened if the condition is not fulfilled, you would have assumed that therefore they're not engaged. But Amar Lay said back to him, that's not true. Kevan de Beidna, Kevan de Beidna de Havoi Kola, Lo Havoyamasla. Since at the time that the rumor was out, the rumor was just that they got engaged, and it wasn't with the amasla of the amasla. Not every time that an amasla presents itself does it count. And because your kedushin was presented as a kol, and because your amasla was not presented at the, at the same time, <clears throat> so therefore, says the Gemara, you might still be engaged, which is a crazy case scenario. It's like a little, it sounds a little backwards. Another story, and I do not recommend that if you propose to someone that you do it in this way. Please don't do this. This person does not have a good social IQ. There was a man about whom there was a rumor. Uh, on her, actually. She got engaged. Ready? It's with the small amount of flesh that's left on a pit of a date after you've eaten most of the flesh of the pit, uh, of the date. So let's say you have one, an olive is a better example, You put with a seed, with a, the, the seed in the middle. Put it in your mouth, you take it out, there's like a tiny little bit of like the flesh of the olive still inside. And then you see this beautiful woman. You're like, Hareyat mekudesh esli, de tuchlazu kedas Moshe 
And he did so, this is a real story. A man actually proposed to a woman this way. So, says, is this considered an engagement or not? Because what was, what was it? It was a rumor. It was a call. And the call was that he got engaged to her with a pit of a, of a date. And there was a little bit of flesh of the actual date on the pit. And that was what was halachically binding them. Even according to those who say that a call is not generally mevatel. Okay, this guy, the call is mevatel. Because Maymar Amre, people will say, they looked into how this guy got engaged. And the amount of flesh of fruit that was on the pit was not enough to be a Shavapruta. And therefore, their marriage will not work. There are other reasons why their marriage will not work. <laughs> but this is just one of the many reasons that it will not work because it's not a Shavapruta. So we do this under chuppahs all the time. When you're, if you're an aid kedushin, they say, do you see the ring? We see the ring. Is it shavapruta? It's a shavapruta. We assume, we ask them what it's made out of. I remember my I, the ring that I bought for my wife to actually, the actual ring for kedushin, my father put on his credit card and I took money out of my wallet. And I gave, I remember this transaction. I remember where I was standing, actually. I handed it to you. Oh, you don't remember. And uh, I had to own it. Although I wonder where the $40 in my wallet came from that I gave to him, which is a little bit, uh, I don't want to call it any, any shyless. It was probably my money. I'd had a job by then. That's true. It's my ton of. You're, you're being very generous, Dad. Yeah. Very generous. All right. Another story. Says the Gemara on the bottom line of Peites uh, there was a rumor about a woman that got engaged. Top of Bays, planya, a son, one of the one of the sons of a particular family. Rashi says at the top of the page, Nobody knows who that that was the rumor. Even according to the one who holds that we are not mevatel the kol, that when we hear rumors and find out the solutions. <clears throat> that we're not mevatel the kol beha mevadlin on kala. Over here, we would be mevatel the kol. Why? Because meimar amre ainu barabonan bekidushe bekidushe katan havu. Because when the rabbis looked into this, this particular family family had some young children, and it looks like her kedushin took place with a young child, and therefore the kedushin isn't chal. And on Petesim and Beis, four lines down. Let's say there. Uh, let's say that um, there's a child who looks to be much older, very tall, very burly. He's got a lot of facial hair at a very young age. He looks like he's 18, and he's really 12. So says the Gemara. If a child looks like this, if he's the katan hinir kegadol, so what do we do? Amar le Rav Mordechai the Rav Ashi have a uvda. There was a case like this, exactly like this. The Amru and the Chachamim said Adain lo higiel apalgus Ruvain. He didn't even get to the half of Ruvain shene emar. This is a line from Devora Hanavia and Sefer Shoftim. The palgus Ruvain gedolim chikrei leiv. He didn't even get to palgus Ruvain, which really is just. It's kind of like using a catchphrase uh, where we're just referencing Palgus Ruvain because of the next word is Gedolim. And uh, really, the Pasuk has nothing to do with this, but we're inferring from here that this child is not considered to be old enough. So even if he looks old enough, who cares? The case that we were dealing with is where the kid was actually 11 or 12. My One of my children had a classmate like this. He looked way older than everybody else in the class. He, looked, he looks like my age, and I don't look 15. 
So he looks he looks much older, much more. So it doesn't matter. You're a katan, you're a katan. We had said in our Mishnah, that when is it that we say that a rumor is in fact true? That's when there's no psul in the rumor, no mitigating factor. So the example that was given in our Mishnah is if a person says, I did hear a rumor about you that you're engaged. That's the rumor. The amasla is, and that there was a t'nai, that there was a condition. And once we add in the amasla that there was a condition, then it's possible that the condition wasn't fulfilled and you're in fact not, not engaged. So therefore, when you have a pure rumor, good to go. That's when we believe the rumors. But if there's an amasla in place, if there's a mitigating factor, then the rumors don't hold. And says the Gemara 10 lines down or so, pay testament base. That the rumor can come in, not the rumor, the amasa, the mitigating factor can be added within 10 days. Now, this is a very, very complicated shita because what happens during those 10 days? Meaning, during the 10 days, if you say that a woman is uh, megureshes, right? So she could remarry and get pregnant in theory. It doesn't take long to get pregnant. So then, then 10 days later, the amasa shows up and retroactively, she's not divorced. Very complicated. That's the shita of Rabbi Baravuna that you could, the the amasla, the mitigating factor, can be added up to ten days. Rosvid is not hearing this at all. Rosvid Omar b'makom amasla choshesh and amasla. When it's shayich to be concerned about an amasla, then we should add it in automatically. The amasla is automatic. We don't need to do anything special for it. The Gemara says, "How is it possible, Rosvid, that you can say that?" Eisve Rav Papa Rosvid. What are you talking about? An amasla is a real thing. We had said that an amasla has to not be present in order for the coal to work. What is implied in the opposite direction? That if there is an amasla, then the coal doesn't work, and therefore the amasla is a real thing. Omar Lay, Rubzvid said, says to Rapapa, you misunderstood the Mishnah. The Mishnah doesn't mean that there needs to be an amasla. It just needs to be that it's possible that there's an amasla. When it's possible to add in an amasla and a mitigating factor, when it's reasonable to add in a mitigating factor, even if nobody says anything, then um, when it's then we 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 assume that that to be in place, and then the coal does not work. <clears throat> Wait one second, you don't agree that we add in a mitigating factor, even if it isn't explicit. After all, third of the way down, we'll be going to the Mishnah at the very top line of Tzadi Amad Aleph. A woman got engaged, her husband went, went to war, uh, went somewhere, and we had an aide that testified that the husband died. And this woman got engaged to husband number two. She was married to Ruvain. Now she's engaged to uh, Shimon. Niskatsha. So she got engaged to Shimon. All of a sudden, the husband shows up and says, Hi, I, I magically survived the plane crash, the, the fall, whatever it is. So what's the halacha? Muteris lachsor. She's only niskatsha. She's only engaged. So the halacha is she's allowed to go back to Ruvain. She ends her engagement. Really, her engagement was a zero. <clears throat> she ends her engagement and she can go back and marry the first husband. Why is this the case? Isn't this because, isn't it because we therefore assume that there's a Tanai? Do we build in the Tanai that says, oh, I'm going to get engaged to you, Shimon. I had an aide Echad who said that my husband died, but if my husband does show up, then our Kiddushin is in Chal. Isn't it because there was a Tanai? And therefore we see that we assume and build in an Amasla, a mitigating factor, even when it isn't explicit. Says the Gemara, 
No, that's not a reasonable inference. Why not? Because shiny hasam to asibal become our heir. No, this doesn't. You can't assume that there was an amasta put in place here. She may have very much believed that her husband was dead. That's fine, but this guy just walked in the room. So, like, you don't need to assume anything about about the kedushin with the second husband. But when you see the first husband walk in the room, lechora is not dead. So now she's stuck. But it's not because we assume an amasla. So says the Gemara, if what you're saying is true, that just because the husband shows up, she's allowed to then remarry the first husband. If that's true, what if she wasn't only engaged to Shimon? What if after Ruvain disappeared and an aide testified to Ruvain's disappearance, she was not only engaged to Shimon, she got married to Shimon. Maybe we should then say that she should still be able to divorce the second husband and go back to the first husband. Says the Gemara, third of the way down, no. Nisei's, when Rachel marries Shimon after Ruvain disappears, based on the testimony of one person, Nisei's to Avda Isura, she did something wrong. We're going to discuss this in a second. Nisei's to Avda Isura, Kansuha Rabbanon. She still did something wrong. What is it that she did wrong? She didn't try hard enough to find her husband. She only relied upon the testimony of one aide. She needed to do a more thorough search. Yes, you're right. We learned this in Masechus Yevamos dozens of times. And it's true. It is enough of a threshold to allow the woman to remarry. But really, she should have done more. And therefore, the Gemara says over here that in a case scenario where a woman, where Rachel was married to Ruvain and he disappeared, Adam said that Ruvain was gone, so she got engaged to Shimon. A little trigger happy. Do a little bit of research. Check the credit card statements. Check the phone bills. Look around to see if he's still alive. But if you don't look around and then he walks in the room, a little bit that's on you. A little bit that's on you. You, did, you didn't do anything majorly halachically wrong, but seemingly from the Gemara, says the Gemara, but had it been that she only got engaged to, to Shimon after Ruvain's supposed death, then lo all right, says the Gemara, just about halfway down on Testament Bays, and this is where the Bezdin parameter comes in. Says the Gemara, Amar Avashi, Kol Kala, Delo Ischazik, Bebeidina, Lav Kalahu. Rumors that aren't verified as rumors by Bezdin are not rumors. Vamar Avashi, Kol Kala de Basar Nisuin, Lochai Shinan Lei. Ravashi quotes uh, the line that we had seen earlier. Um, we saw this on, on Daf Peches. So it says the Gemara, that any rumor that exists after a couple is already married, we do not believe in it. We ignore it. And what's the inference of the Gemara? Says the Gemara, it implies from here that if there was a rumor after Erusin, that we would be concerned. Is that a valid rumor? Yes or no? Uh, that is not considered a good diuk, and we are not concerned about rumors both after Nisuin or after Erusin. We are not concerned about rumors after Kiddushin. Says the Gemara, Let's put two, two worlds together. What happens when we have a rumor against a Vadai? Says the Gemara as follows. Please teach us Torah. Rachel has a rumor about her that she got engaged to Ruvain. And then, and then Shimon walks over to her and says, and hands it to her and she accepts it. Which wins? 
we have a rumor, an authentic rumor that's verified in Bezdin. And then we also have a Vadai Kiddushin. Which one works? So Shalach Lahu, Shmuel responded, Tetze, she should get divorced from Shimon, from the second guy. And when you figure out what happened, what actually happened, please let me know. So the Gemara says, I don't understand what he's talking about. My, what is it that Shmuel wanted us to find out? You can read this with the words in the parentheses. It also makes perfect sense. What is it that Shmuel was confused about? If you want to say that what we found out is the Kedushin of the first, the coal, the rumor that we heard was in fact not real, and maybe we should say and really we should undo this rumor because we verified now that the Kedushin was a zero. You can't say that here because we're talking about Shmuel. And what did we say earlier? The city of Naharda, which is Asrei de Shmuel, that's where he was Rosh Yeshiva, Asrei de Shmuel, who, the Lomavat Lekala. It can't be that what we're trying to verify for Shmuel is whether or not the coal, the rumor about the Kedushin was true, because it wouldn't help. Because where Shmuel lives in Naharda, they're not Mavat Lekala. Ella, it must be that what was bothering Shmuel was the imiglia milsa the kedushe kama kedushe Perhaps we should find out that maybe the first kedushin is in fact a perfect kedushin, and the rumor did pan out. Then, if that's true, says the Gemara, then what would we then say if we figured that out? What we'd say is lo tzricha get misheni. So let's get this case clear. They sent a shaila to Shmuel. You have a rumor that a woman is engaged. And then a man goes over to her and properly, perfectly engages, checks every halachic box. We have a rumor that she's engaged to Ruvain or a vadai that she's engaged to Shimon. Shmuel says they need to get the divorce until we clarify. According to Shmuel, what are they clarifying? The Gemara responds, what they're clarifying is as to whether or not the first Kedushin was perfect. Because if the first Kedushin was perfect, then when she leaves Shimon, there's no get. Why? Because you're already Mikudeshes. Your whole second marriage is a sham. It's a total house of cards. You were already halachically engaged. That's what Shmuel was telling us. Once you find out what's going on with her first Kedushin, because it was only a rumor when we started this conversation, ah, you did the research, you found out her Kedushin was perfect, that means you're married to Ruvain. Now you're living in the apartment with Shimon? That's not allowed, and you don't need a divorce. Why? Because you can't marry Shimon. You're already engaged and married to Ruvain. Quizzical look. She's now officially married to Shimon so that we don't have to go back. And whatever the rumor was that she was married previously, we don't we ignore. So the first approach in Shmuel was maybe we should say that Shmuel was trying to verify that the first Kiddushin wasn't a, a, a good Kiddushin. The Gemara says that's not a good argument because even if that was true, Shmuel will never undo a call. The call still remains. He's, he says, Lomavatlin on Kalam, the city of Naharda, where Shmuel lived, they would not be Mavatalakol. So the only thing that Shmuel could be doing is verifying that the marriage of the first couple is good. So if the marriage is good, then it's nice that you're living with Shmuel. That's great. But it's Usr, and you don't even need a divorce. Just walk out of the house, take your stuff, and walk out because you're married to somebody already. So when we have a coal against a Vadai, so then if the coal pans out to be a real Kedushin, then she moves back in with Ruvain and no divorce, no get required. 
these are very, uh, this, the Gemara completely ignores all of the social emotional piece here. I'm just, we all know that like intuitively when we hear the Gemaras, but sometimes when we learn, it's like very technical and we forget that piece. This is a destroyed, awful scenario. Just saying, just calling it out. Okay. And says the Gemara, Upliga de Ravuna, this approach that we just saw in Shmuel disagrees with Ravuna. How so? If a married woman, an Eishasish, extends her hands and she accepts Kiddushin from another man, Mikudeshes. Yeah, how's that? Yeah. If a woman were to claim, I am actually divorced from my husband, we believe her. So, by extension, says Rav Hamnuna, if she's willing to take the Kiddushin from another man, she must have claimed Gerashtani. That's uh, <laughs> mental gymnastics a little bit, but it works. If a woman is Ne'emenes to say that I'm divorced, she has no problem accepting Kiddushin from another man. Okay. However, says the Gemara, why is she Ne'emenes? I shouldn't say however. Why is it that when she says Gerashtani Ne'emenes? Because Chazaka ain't Isha mi'iza panea bifne baila. Because a woman would never be so brazen. So if a woman is sitting in front of her husband and she says, Phil divorced me. So then the din is that they're divorced. She's Ne'emenes to say that. And therefore, when another man hands Kedushin to her and she accepts it, we assume halachically that that Kedushin is valid. Ve'idach Shmuel, how do you respond to this? All right. So Shmuel says, last of the short lines, Ki itmar de Rav Hamnuna, when is it that I agree with Rav Hamnuna? That's when the wife says, Gerashtani bifanav, when they're in the same exact room. But shelo bifanav, me'iza u me'iza. When the husband's not in the room, she's going to lie through her teeth. She's going to say, he's a real jerk. I told him I wanted a get. He gave me a get. We're divorced. That's when the husband's not in the room. And in that case, her acceptance of Kiddushin is a zero. Namely, Rav Hamnuna and Shmuel agree that when the husband and wife are in the same room and she says, Gerashtani, we would also agree that, she, that the second Kiddushin would be Chal. Because in front of her husband, Chazaka, uh, that we have a Chazaka that ain't Ishamiza Pana Bifne Baila. All right, let's continue. First of the very long lines. Says the Gemara, Lo matzu davar albur mahu. We had said in regards to the case of Shmuel that we needed to verify what was going on. Our case was that we had a coal on the one side that she is engaged. And we had a vadai kiddushin on the other. Now we answered the first version of Shmuel by saying, well, don't worry. If the first kiddushin was chal, no need for a divorce for the second guy. But what if we couldn't clarify the problem? Lo matzu davar alborio. We have no idea if our first kiddushin was chal. Amar of hamnuna, megaresh rishon venose sheni. So then the din is that there needs to be a gerishin, a get, between Ruvain and Rachel. And then venose sheni, she can marry Shimon. Aval megaresh sheni venose rishon lo. But she cannot divorce Shimon and marry the first husband, Reuven. Lo, why not? My taima. Because Asi Lemaymar, perhaps a person could claim that Machsir Grushaso Minha Erusin. 
we're afraid that perhaps someone will be machzir grushaso, or at least it will appear that there's machzir grushaso, and that's usher. Because once a woman is, is, if a woman is married to Ruvain, they divorce and she marries Shimon, she can no longer go back to Ruvain. And because of that appearance, we're concerned and therefore they cannot marry. He's not concerned about that because Meymar Omar, Aine Rabbanan Bekidushe, the Kiddushe Taos Haba. Perhaps we would say that really it's just a Kiddushin of Taos. Now that was all case one of Kol versus Vadai. And says the Gemara, What if it's Kol against Kol? A Kol that she's engaged to Ruvain versus a Kol that she's engaged to Shimon. Not the previous case of Kol versus Kiddushin proper, but two Kolos of different people. So says the Gemara, Amara Papa here too. Last line: Abzumegarish Rishon Sheni. She can marry uh, the second guy and divorce the first. Amar Muteris Lishneim. She can marry either one by divorcing the other one. The Hilchasa the Halacha is Muteris Lishneim. We paskin Lakula that if there are two kolos, she can pick whichever one she wants to stay with, and the other one will divorce her. We'll stop right here. We'll pick up Emir Hashem tomorrow night with Daftzadi, the final uh, blot in Masechas Gittin. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Yeah.